Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast. Or the Sergio Perez podcast, you could call it, for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, as he is the king of the streets. And the king of my heart is alongside me. Once again, my co-host, Tom P1 Bellingham. You can find him on all good platforms. Actually, no, only on Twitter. I'm pretty sure we're called loads of different things on different platforms. Anyway, hi, Tommy. Saudi chat time. Indeed, yeah. Sergio Perez got his redemption, didn't he? for uh last year and getting screwed by the safety car but uh not quite lights to flag but almost almost indeed but uh he is now one point behind max verstappen uh, although we thought maybe he'd be the championship leader and that would have been a, a saucy little title but instead they've ruined it but before we get into any more of this podcast chat we need to talk about a five-star review which we do every single time if you want yours read out please leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love the p1 podcast it helps us out massively i can't tell you how much a review helps so if you would love to do that please do this one comes in from pepite 48 to be honest i never really knew you before aside from a few videos i watched on your old platform feel like you are finally free to do your own thing and i'm completely in love with that you have officially rocketed up to number one in my f1 podcast hello peppy you're feeling the vibes i'm feeling the vibes even if ferrari did finish sixth and seventh today but we move <laughs> to the matt's most memorable moment loads of m's that's four m's i love a bit of alliteration and mine is alonso does an ocon well i guess we talk about the entirety of fernando alonso's grand prix and the highs and lows i suppose but the ocon thing is actually a quite crazy um i was gonna say synergy that's not the right word comparison a very like for like vibe from ocon in bahrain who didn't go onto his grid box correctly, then failed to serve his penalty correctly and got another penalty. Alonso, he was quite far out of his grid box, uh, in fairness, much more than what Ocon was, and then also did not serve his penalty correctly. But this time, actually, the difference, I suppose, is one, he didn't speed in the pit lane, Alonso, (laughs) and two, he got told at the end of the race. Why not? Not even an investigation, not even noted. Clearly, Mercedes have just got on the blower and gone... Have you seen the fact that rear jack man is, I think he's touching the car, mate. He's touching the car. And then at the FIA have probably gone, oh, yeah, they, oh yeah, we probably should have seen that. Um, penalty. And it's a 10-second penalty, not even a five, which means he gets demoted to fourth. Yeah, that's pain for Alonso. You called it, to be fair to you, um, in our in our watch along. You saw, saw it straight away that he was out. Uh, his grid box and they made a quick decision on that but they did not make a quick decision on the second one uh, Alonso was popping off in an interview saying that you know what why not you had 35 laps it's not like there was loads of crazy things going on in that race that they needed to sort out given the penalty because as soon as that whole five second thing came up 
um, we were confused. Uh, we've still actually not got any clarification at the moment of what the penalty is. It's believed to be the Jackman, but there's also confusion that it could be because he served the penalty behind a safety car. Um, and the FIA haven't even clarified it yet. Um, make of that what you will. Just FIA so, things. Yeah. But either way, you can understand Alonso's frustrations because as soon as they said, right near the end of the race and Russell uh, Mercedes came on the radio and said, we think he's got a penalty, Alonso pulled a five-second gap. Uh, it was very close, but he believes that he could have pulled a 10-second gap, but he didn't get that opportunity. And unsurprisingly, he's miffed that they had 35 laps to uh, let him know and he could have at least tried it. Exactly. And of course, Fernando is going to say in an interview, well, I could have pulled 11 seconds. No problem. You know, just ask and you, I shall deliver. But at the same time, 35 laps is a long time in order for you to push the car just that tiny bit more, that extra percent to gain a tenth a lap or whatever that you need um, to, to to extend that to the to the right amount so not happy uh, uh at least from my perspective and i'm not even a massive fernando alonso fan i just like the fact he's 41 and, and being a beast i can only imagine the the passionate fernando fans out there and how they must feel although to be fair in the interview that fernando had in the uh, post race he he wasn't yeah. actually that bothered he kind of just still feels like in his brain he's had the podium because he went up there he had the champagne he had the trophy for a little while and he said oh well i've just got three points less so he he got the photo. He even said he got <laughs> he the photos. Life, isn't he? he he loves the limelight, and he's not really that bothered. No, I think he's just loving life, loving the fact that he's got. Uh, deep down, he knows that again he is the best of the rest behind the Red Bulls, which is unbelievable still. And uh, yeah, just living the dream. He certainly is. Uh, question from Andre Sommers. What's going on with these five-second penalties not being served correctly in two consecutive races? And how come they can't give that during the race or at least before the podium? I genuinely believe that the FIA didn't realise in time. And they got, you know, probably Mercedes, as I say, went on the phone, said, excuse me, have you seen this? And then the FIA probably went, no, no, we haven't. We're checking, maybe a bit of Ferrari vibes there. And then they had to give the penalty out because realistically, Aston Martin did break the, you know, didn't serve the, the the penalty correctly. So they have to give the penalty out. And it's such a shame because as we keep going back to, you know, Formula One is in a growth period. There's so many new eyeballs onto the sport. And, you know, we're, we're celebrating Fernando Alonso's 100th podium and what a drive, 41 years old, yada, yada, yada. So then find out if you're a casual viewer in Australia, oh, by the way, Alonso lost his, penalty, uh, lost his podium because there was a penalty that he should have been told previously during the race, but he got told afterwards uh, when all of you turned off. It, it just... It's so annoying. I know that it is Formula One, and that's just unfortunately the way the cookie is going to crumble sometimes. But it just feels like a, a lack of competence uh, in some in some ways from the FIA. It does I'm wondering if they're now clamping down on it more since Ocon had his penalty that they're maybe trying to police it more. But then you mentioned that they it was never a thing until Mercedes sort of noticed it. So I wonder if someone on the pit wall, uh, because there was not a lot uh, going on, that someone at Mercedes could essentially just sit through the footage with a stopwatch and go, oh, pretty sure that's uh, 4.9 seconds there that uh, he's served before that Jackman touched it or, you know, zooming in on the, on the footage and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where 
um, I wonder how much this is going to get policed a lot more. I wonder if teams are now going to start to maybe just give it an extra half a second just to uh, just to be safe. Or because just don't touch the car. Like, all that. Just don't yeah. touch it. Because I remember watching it in the race and going, did that Did that rear jack man just, I'm pretty sure he just touched the car. He had plenty of time it's to like, wrestle as well. It wasn't like it was close yeah, it and he was racing him out the pit lane, exactly. right? Exactly. So very strange, but... You know, this is it. And I think maybe there might there, there's there's gotta be some tweaking because we can't keep having incorrectly served time penalties. Yeah. Also try telling a Formula One team that 0.1 of a second doesn't matter. They are True. it's ingrained in their brain. They're literally working away at factories for hundred hours just to gain that time. So they're not gonna wanna um lose it in a pit stop. But that's the risk you run. Certainly do. Tommy, what's your most memorable moment? My most memorable moment is the mind games between the two Red Bull drivers. Um, it wasn't extreme mind games, you know. It's not. It's not spicy yet, but I think it's uh, simmering. Should okay. I? Should I say? Um, Little bubbly you know, boy. Yeah, exactly. It's bubbling. Uh, they said it was all fine after Brazil, didn't they? And oh, we've cleared the air and stuff. But I think there's still tension in the air there. Um, Perez was definitely paranoid when they told him to back off a little bit and he was like well no because max will just go quicker um so he clearly doesn't trust that that's not going to happen uh then you've got max who uh the the championship lead was essentially because they'd finished one two and no one got fastest lap in the last one it was whoever got fastest lap would lead the title and max couldn't couldn't just you know no risk he mentioned that he'd had a worried about his uh, drive shaft again but no he wanted that fastest lap on the final lap the team were like why you, we, we're not bothered about this and he's like well I am because he doesn't want to give Sergio a sniff he doesn't he doesn't want to have two weeks of Sergio Perez being the championship leader it's all about those mind games and um, yeah we didn't quite get the spice because Max didn't um, you know catch him up but uh, I think it might just be the, the little sprinkling to set it up. It's interesting you say that because I never really clocked on to it being mind games as such or anything kind of like that. I I, I feel as though that sort of driver paranoia is within any team. And the fact is that, you know, realistically, they are, you know, if they're quite uh, closely and quite competitive then they will obviously be like oh well no i'm not gonna go slower if teammates want to go slower so i don't know i i wonder if how much uh tension there is right now i think the tension will skyrocket if they actually have some wheel-to-wheel action now that's where we will know very quickly if perez is over uh brazil if they do go wheel-to-wheel in the next few races and how much room he gives his fellow teammate will he be racing max in the near future. That's also a question because yes, his race pace was brilliant, but you have to also assume that Max was going to get pole position yesterday if he did not have his problem with his car. And realistically, could Perez have won the race? I mean, his race pace was brilliant at the end, so I can't absolutely 100% say no, but I think if you're a betting person, you would have gone for Max over Sergio in that race had qualifying been normal. But yeah, interesting. It's it's certainly something to watch. And it might well be the only thing we are hanging on to is these two (laughs) 
potentially are going to war. So let's see. Uh, next question is MS Lyson. Will Red Bull let the guys race now, or will they still want to focus on one driver to, to have a better chance of winning the World Drivers' Championship? They're in a very luxurious position, Red Bull. They were a second a lap quicker than any other car for the majority of that race, especially in the final stint. They just cleared off. So they have a huge amount in pocket. Now, their development might not be as good come the end of the season because of their uh, restricted wind tunnel time compared to the likes of Aston Martin and maybe one or two tracks Aston might actually be there or thereabouts. But realistically, Red Bull have not as much of a choice to make at this point. If we uh, go back to last year, they'd be going all eggs in Max's basket. But this is very much a Hamilton-Rosberg situation where the team have the luxury to just go, well, you can race, just just be respectful. It does feel like 2014, doesn't it, when obviously Max has started 15th and he's just so easily finished second. Um, yeah, it was, it was, he just kind of, he didn't get through the field maybe as quick as we thought, but I think once he was sort of, you knew he had the time and it, I don't think he, he was, was in a, a rush at the start. Um, but I think Red Bull, their, their team management and uh, all, all of those guys are probably in a strange way. Well, they'll, they'll be happy because they got a one too, but thankful that Max did not close up to the back of um, Sergio because I think that would have been a tough call. Uh, they'd have had a headache uh, to, to decide because in previous years, last year, Baku comes to mind where you know they said, don't fight him because they were fighting Leclerc. But when they're 40 seconds up the road and a second a lap quicker than everyone else, they don't have that excuse anymore. So that's going to be uh, really interesting when we do see that. Um, I really wish we had have seen it in the race. Um, generally, not just because um, I'm a Max fan and obviously would have liked to have seen him won. I just wanted, I wanted to see that battle. Um, I didn't actually mind uh, who won. I just, I really wanted to see Max get get to the back room and seeing Sergio defending what the team would have done would they have tried to call it off would they it would have been fascinating and it is a big shame that we we didn't get to see that and I think personally. a lot of people us included assumed that we were going to see it with 25 laps to go as soon as the safety car came out I think we both said well this is it Max has won yeah yeah exactly and you know he's in a great position he was fourth at the time I think he, he dispatched of Alonso on lap 25 and had free reign for 25 laps to catch Sergio Perez and he didn't so that in itself you have to commend Checo's performance because it really was up there and he's really a street circuit king so I'm not sure he'd be able to do that in Bahrain for example it seemed like Max was was very much clear there Let's go to the next question. Jade Anok, do you think Red Bull actually want Checo to battle Max this season? I could see Perez doing a Rosberg if the timing lines up. Sounds very much like what you kind of thought, Tommy, that maybe Sergio Perez sneaks the championship. Why don't you go? Because I've been listening to the, the podcast feedback and they don't want me to go every time first. So, Tommy, why don't you give me your original thought and then I'll follow you. How about those apples? Okay, Dick. Well, yeah, I said this yesterday, was it? Um, about, you know, this, so this could happen. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen a few people put this into the mix now because essentially Red Bull are in a Mercedes 2014 era at the moment 
whether they will be by the end of it with all the development time, et cetera, we'll, we're yet to see. But at the moment, they have so much in hand, the most dominant car. feels like both of them could start last and they'd still finish one, two. They are miles clear of the field. So realistically, um, I don't think people will, many people will disagree unless you're a Checo stan that Verstappen's a better driver and is going to, you know, more likely, uh, more often than not, finish ahead of Sergio. But realistically, if uh, Max is finishing first and Checo is finishing second every race, one DNF for Max and Checo finishing the race, it's a 25 point swing. Uh, which is basically three one twos, isn't it? That- exactly. So it's huge for the championship, and that's what exactly what happened. Um, I, I don't want to discredit Rosberg's championship. But obviously, Hamilton had a lot of reliability issues at the start, and when he got to the end of the year, Rosberg was in a very luxurious position where he knew he could just finish second in the final three. Was I think it was three races where he just knew, um, and realistically, that car could do that very easily. So you never know. We've got to we've got to look forward to something, haven't we? Yep, hype, big hype. Come on, let's go. Uh but yes, <laughs> I, I don't quite see it. I I feel as though Perez might lack a bit. Oh don't to be fair though, Rosberg did lack quite a bit of performance compared to Hamilton at some tracks as well, but then still managed to pop it P2, even if he was like four or five tenths behind Hamilton. So maybe it would have to take for Stappen, especially with it being a twenty-three race season, it would it would take a few moments of Verstappen DNFing uh, and Perez taking the victory. And let's not let you know, let's not count out the other nineteen. Teams. One of them might get it right, but I'm not holding my breath. Uh, let's go to the next <laughs> question, uh, which is around the safety car. Hmm. Lance Stroll went boom and very abruptly went boom, actually. And then they were like, stop the car, stop the car on track, stop the car. And he then pulled off at the sort of hairpin turn. Don't know what turn that is. Can't remember off the top of my head. But it's the long sweeping one where Stroll did that amazing move uh, on signs at the start of the race, which was saucy, to say the least. He stops, goes literally through, pretty much is on the escape part, and maybe one millimetre of his wheel is on the track. Boom, safety car, huh? Weird decision, would you not say? It was a very weird decision because he was already uh, already had a wheel down the escape road. Um, so surely they just wheel him down there and he's and he's fine. Uh, my I don't know how much my concern at the start was. Well, that looks like it's going to be a safety car because we were on board with Stroll and you could kind of see that he was down that road, but. You, you couldn't quite tell where it was until we saw the offboard, but the FIA have loads of angles. So surely they can see that he's nicely down the skate road. And I guess they want it to be safe than sorry, but if they want to be uh, safer, it's a virtual safety car all day long, right? Not a, I not do, a full safety car. I do car. love us though, right? We're there always complaining that we don't get a safety car. And then the FIA are like, let's go full safety here. Boom. And then we, mm. we start complaining. I think it's purely from a... We were both happy that it was hopefully going to spice up the race, although it might not actually have done that. Um, But when you actually look at the situation and you look at fairness in the sport, I don't know, it just seemed like a very weird decision to go straight. As you say, VSC, why is it there if you're not going to use it? Because that neutralizes the race. It doesn't mess up 
many people's races unless someone's trying to pit and gain a bit of time in the pit lane. Uh, but it, it was an odd decision. I, I can't deny it. But it and you know, people on Twitter and Twitch are like, ah, oh, Red Bull assistants—they're there trying to help Max. When you actually look at what you're saying, you, Formula One want or the FIA want Red Bull to dominate even harder, and then nobody mm. watches. That doesn't also quite that make penalty sense. until they screwed it up. Obviously, with potentially with the the Jackman at least, um, that penalty was actually a free hit for Alonso, so it benefited him. So it benefited, you know, but didn't safety benefit. cars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to answer Conman's question of, did it turn the race into a bore? It kind of did. And it didn't, uh, you could argue that Red Bull, uh, it helped for Stappen out a lot, but put him in that situation where he was going to attack Sergio because realistically the safety car doesn't come out. Alonso, uh, sorry. Um, Verstappen's still getting past Alonso Russell. It's just taking a bit longer and we don't have that battle for the lead. Now we didn't get the battle for the lead, but it sort of baited us into believing that we might. Um, and then you had a few other battles like uh, the two Ferraris, which we'll go into later, um, the two Mercedes that didn't quite materialize. So it could have made it good. Um, I don't think it made it worse. Yeah, because realistically, what would we have had instead? We would have had Verstappen just coming through to Further second place. Back, yeah. And then it would have just been a stalemate again, realistically. Yeah. Like, there wasn't, it just was one of those races that didn't have the chaos that perhaps we were all expecting from Saudi. Um, and yeah, it did. It, I think Red Bull were going to get an easy one too, no matter what the outcome uh, of the safety car. We need to learn from this because I nearly said it, but I didn't want to jinx at the start of our Twitch stream. And I also didn't want to be a really negative Nancy. But mm. every time a race is really hyped, it doesn't deliver. Because we had Verstappen in 15th. It's like, oh, this is going to be a banger now. I feel like the bangers always come when you don't expect it. And uh, like, when even there's rain, too much hype. Oh, it's raining. Oh, yeah. my God. And then it's a really boring rain race. And you're like, yeah. actually, it would have been better in the dry with DRS. Yeah, true. So we'll see. Uh, but I don't, I don't think the safety car particularly ruined or made it better it just kind of existed so the learnings are basically if you get excited about the prospect of something don't that's uh, that's the learnings from the, <laughs> what uh, a the positive P1 podcast, podcast. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by tennis channel plus Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May the 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Uh, next question, half court Henry Five. Should Ferrari have let Charles pass Carlos as it was clear Leclerc was faster? Also, how long will Ferrari hold on to signs because he's always slower than Charles? Oof. I think yes and no. Ferrari, it wasn't like they were battling for a podium necessarily. They weren't particularly quick 
uh, this weekend. And if they instill team orders this early, what does that do to Carlos's morale and motivation, I suppose? He wasn't astoundingly quicker. Otherwise, he would have passed Carlos. I know that Leclerc was coming over the radio saying, you know, this is really hurting me and I couldn't, you couldn't get close and whatnot. But I don't think there was a massive pace differential that meant that Charles Leclerc could have really done much more than just beat Carlos. Perhaps it was worth Ferrari switching the two and seeing what Charles could do. And then if they, he couldn't gain any more places, give the place back to Carlos. Uh, but apart from that, uh, the only thing that really screwed over Charles was um, his uh, radio engineer not telling him to push uh, to the safety car line one and allowing, uh, was it Russell or Hamilton? I can't remember. One of the Mercedes. I think it was... Oh, I think it was no, Hamilton. I, I think it was Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Um, yes, which to be fair wouldn't have mattered Bottom either because late. Hamilton was on the mediums and would have cleared Leclerc very quickly. So it was just a terrible race for Ferrari. Even though it, I know, well, it was good. Yeah, they did they well with the strategy, strategy right. but then they Can't had not it. much pace and then just kind of chilled in sixth and seventh, which is just not where anyone. I mean, not where yeah. I want. Them. Well, they got screwed by the safety car immediately because they had actually done. Uh, we had a a very rare situation where we get an overcut where you stay out um and actually are better than normally you pit early get on new tires and you're so much quicker but the hards were not not great and um yeah that allowed i think it was science wasn't it that that overtook uh stroll quite easily um doing that and uh yeah for to answer the question about charles and carlos was very concerning at the start how easily Charles kind of ended up on the back of Carlos when Charles the one that's been shafted with a with a penalty. It's very um similar to last year, not not just because Charles seems to be the one that's having the problems and getting the penalties and stuff, but Carlos just I know it's only two races, but it's giving me a lot of deja vu from last year. He just does not seem to be on that level. And I really thought these two would be really closely matched. If mm. you take away, uh, if we just go right back to the start uh, of 2022, I thought these would be two of the closely matched teammate, but Carlos just doesn't seem to be able to get, to get there. But then if you, I guess if you were then to put this Ferrari pairing into what the Red Bull car is, you go, it's perfect. Perfect one, he's, two, he's you've got the Verstappen second, and the Perez yeah. and they win yep. everything. So I don't think science is bad enough that you can start questioning his performances and whether he deserves to be in a Ferrari. Cause realistically he's still finished sixth. He, he isn't on Leclerc's level, but there aren't many drivers that are on Leclerc's level. I mean, who you who you're swapping signs out for? Hamilton? I know that's a, a far fetched story here, and if that's possible, sure. But it's not in a if we're actually being realistic here. Yeah, and you've got the potential for fireworks uh, if they do end up putting two extremely close drivers into the mix. That's very true, Tom Bellingham. At Formula underscore Prax, is Leclerc finally reaching his limit with Ferrari? The radio between them felt very frustrating to watch. I don't think it was that bad of a team radio, personally. I think it was very much just an outburst of him going, I mean, come on, like, you can't just tell me to push after I'm supposed to have pushed. It was a, a, a small error from Ferrari, which cost them a position, which at the end of the day, didn't cost them anything, but I suppose you don't know that in the situation. So it was an error from Ferrari, but I've been hurt much more than what that for <laughs> that Ferrari error was. And yeah, it didn't cost them anything at the end of the day. 
but Charles, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He'll he'll tell them if he's not happy during the race. But I don't think it was too over the top that you go, wow, Leclerc, he might be leaving Ferrari next year. Not yet. <laughs> you need to stop muting your microphone. Sorry. It all it all um it all adds up, doesn't it? The uh these these things. You just wonder how many more uh, of these things he can take before he loses it. But he's been through a lot already. I know it's only a little thing, but it's the problem is it's the little things that just keep adding up and he's driving very, very well. Um he's extremely quick he's world championship uh worthy in my opinion um he just doesn't have the car or the team to deliver him that moment fun times hey we love Mm. being leclerc fans in this house Uh, hugh five zero 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 two three are mclaren i'm sorry mclaren fans you might want to turn off the podcast if you don't want to listen to this part. Are McLaren now treating Piastri as the number one after what we saw in the last few laps? No, I'm sorry, Hugh. It's, thanks for sending in your question. But no, I, I think they were on they were on different tyres, weren't they, at the end of yeah. the race? I think all you can take from that is, one, McLaren have a very bad car at the moment. <laughs> and two, Piastri is actually really good. And that those two together, when you have a decent car... McLaren fans, yeah, let's look into the future. When you have a good when you have a good car, you've got a great combination of drivers to get a lot of points. That's how I see it. That's how I saw it at the start of the season before we begun, is that Piastri is another one of those talents. Maybe he'll be as good as Russell Norris and whatnot. He'll have to prove himself. But they're a great lineup and you just have to fix your car and then you'll see it. I can't believe we're saying that fair play to Piastri has actually had a good weekend because realistically he was fighting at the back and McLaren were absolutely dreadful and it was pain seeing those two scrapping over 16th or whatever it was. And both pit for front wings on lap one. Yeah, exactly. So Piastri had a great qualifying, unlucky at the start to, uh, you know, get a bit of contact, but holding his own against Lando, which Daniel Ricciardo did not uh, do very often, um, (laughs) arguably one race which he won you could you could even say so um let's not forget the mexico piastri, on the old soft time oh, sorry was, yes. uh, sorry uh, i know danny rick fans i could hear like, the danny on, rick fans yeah <laughs> but piastri i said that maybe six seven races he'll be getting there with with lando and fair play to him he's he's looking pretty good already and that's so all he can if, do right even in yeah. a terrible car to prove himself he just needs to match or beat his teammate. Yeah. So, so actually, the the whole yes, he is <laughs> this whole narrative of Piastri is going to change. One week will be like, oh, I should have gone to Alpine, and the next week will be like, oh, actually, no, McLaren. Because I guess the good side, even if McLaren are washed, and they are very washed right now, <laughs> um, it, we said if he manages to be even on Lando's level, he's going to look an absolute legend and everyone's going to go wow piastri is actually really good and uh i 
think he very much did that this weekend. He so got his elbow out to him as well, didn't he? He did. Trying to he pass indeed. Lando into the last corner, then they're jostling around a bit. Then he does eventually get past Lando as well. And tell me the last time we saw Danny Rick do that. As much as I love Danny Rick to absolute pieces, when did we really ever see those two go wheel to wheel on, on pure pace? Hardly ever. Yeah, not in a battle, no. So, um, yeah, good job, Piastri, even though it might not feel like it because you were battling... Logie Bear for what was, I think, 14th. Uh, so let's ignore that one. We now move to biggest winner. So this can be a driver or a team. And I have gone for, no, it's not Red Bull, Aston Martin. I feel like they are a big winner. Don't you make that face? What are you making Stroll that face Stroll literally for? retired. Yeah, listen, listen, <laughs> just let me... Okay, go on. Look, I'm trying go to be on. different, okay? Going for Red Bull is boring, okay? I am saying Aston Martin, not because <laughs> Alonso got a penalty and Stroll DNF'd, but I'm talking about the pace, okay? Bahrain could yeah, have been okay. an anomaly. They could have just got it right with the setup and it's a one-off fluke. I think what Saudi proves is that they are here to stay for the entire year. They've got a huge amount of wind tunnel time. Maybe they need to fix a few things on Stroll's car, and I'm sure Lawrence Stroll is going to be making sure that that happens, otherwise people are going to get fired. So I think they are a winner in terms of the longevity of the season and how they will probably be fighting for podiums throughout it. Let's ignore the DNF and the post-race penalty and talk about the pace. That's how I'm seeing it anyway. That's a fair argument, actually. I was like, when you put Aston Martin, I was like, what? Just uh, a bit different, yeah, you know. Just- yeah, and also, yeah, you're right. That The fact that they've turned up and if Alonso, you know, if you discount a Jackman maybe touching the car 0.1 of a second too early, they're showing that, again, that they're the second best car, which is fair play, uh, fair play to them. Um yeah, I'd just be boring and saying Red Bull because they're absolutely miles clear and it's not very fun. But um, if, if I go for something different, I will say Alpine. They had a decent, they, they essentially were best of the rest today. Okay, so but biggest winner is Red, Red Bull. Okay, so just for the editor's perspective of whatever he puts in the graphic, which one are you going Red for? Bull. Red Bull. Red Bull. Okay, it's there boring. you go. Good. Okay, uh, as for the biggest loser which can also be a driver or team, there is no surprise that I'm going for McLaren. It is a really torrid time uh, for the McLaren team at the moment. To to be right at the back of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, yes, they both had problems and whatnot, but they just didn't seem to really come back through the field. They had the opportunity of a safety car as well, bunched up the field. If they had the pace, they maybe would have progressed a bit further, but they only ended up battling Logan Sargent in the Williams, which is not where anyone in the world for McLaren or or non-McLaren fans would have expected them to be this year. So it has to be as much as Piastri made Q3, which was a really impressive performance. Norris's problem in qualifying as well with him turning early into the wall. They have to be the losers. Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree because, yeah, shocking. Lando hitting the wall, rare mistake for him in qualifying as well. And then both of them having problems in the race and then just slow. Like just seeing them down there is just terrible. Would you have any other biggest losers, Bar McLaren? Bottas. Bottas. Oh, yeah, very true. What 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 was he doing? I don't know. I, think, I don't think he's actually finished the race yet. <laughs> He was that far behind. And he had such a good Bahrain as well. Like, what, yeah, what is going on with Alfa Romeo? 
they were really slow and he just was miles off the pace so yeah, weird, weird from Bottas. Yeah, Tommy's thinking maybe his sixteenth prediction mm. uh, for the drivers' championship might maybe back on now <laughs> with uh, with Alfa Romeo being washed. Back on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's reflect now on our predictions that we made on Thursday. Uh, we do that every single Thursday. Our predictions ahead of the Grand Prix, and there might be some arguments to try and try and secure some points here. So, biggest good surprise, I went for Charles Leclerc. Now they did surprise us with the fact no okay fine no points Tommy <laughs> my biggest surprise was Ocon oh god Ocon, and he, oh no he wasn't Ocon. seventh no, yeah Ocon oh. but he um I, was, he I thought he'd finished seventh no he finished eighth so even worse I can't claim it that's so annoying um he finished best of the rest but I I shot myself in the foot by saying, oh, I'm not going to claim it if he's seventh. I thought, you know. Being specific couldn't just, couldn't always just bank shoots the, you in the oh, foot. I just couldn't just bank the easy points, could I? <laughs> um, God's sake. <laughs> well done, Tommy, but zero points. Biggest flop, I went for Logan Sargent. Now, what are we saying for this? Okay, he had... No. He won... Come on! I think half a point. Awful no, I get half a point for Ocon if you get half P4. a point for Logie. No, but so you, no you were specific. I wasn't. Biggest flop. I was just like, Logie. Logie Bear's going to have a terrible... Didn't... Yeah, I guess Bottas flopped much harder than that, as did Norris, as did... Yeah. All right, fine, no points, don't care. Yeah, Yeah, I went for Mercedes, which was equally terrible because I got a podium. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's zero points for us so far. Pole position. All right, I think I get half a point here for going left field with Charles Leclerc. No. And he was a tenth and a half off. To be fair, I imagine at the start of the weekend saying that your prediction would be closer than mine. I went for Verstappen, which was also wrong, but yours was closer. It was closer. Um, but you're still not getting a point. <laughs> <laughs> Zero points. Okay. My top three was Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. Oh, completely God. wrong. And yours? Verstappen, Perez, Science. Wow. Also completely wrong. I scored and, five well, points last week, uh, two weeks ago. I genuinely don't think you're going to top that. No. Because there's not that many points on, on the board here. And Mad. our one crazy prediction. Now this I am arguing for half a point because the FIA <laughs> the FIA are just you. jokes. They're absolute jokers. I went for no safety car. And that was not a safety car. There is no way in hell that was supposed to be a safety car. <laughs> I've been robbed you, in broad daylight. Been, well, actually, no, it's a night race. Hashtag robbed. What, what lap did it? come out on would have been like early 20s was it you're gonna you're gonna tweet hashtag void lap 23 <laughs> uh matt robbed what are we thinking i mean you're the point. you're the you're the, the other part i can't party here. no i can't because it was a safety car i think you could even you know if it was a vsc then we could start kind of be like oh yeah, i didn't say virtual safety car but there was literally a safety car so no but it shouldn't uh, have happened okay fine i'm no sorry points, you've whatever. been robbed by the fia i absolutely um, have yeah, uh, and I went for double Williams points, so what an idiot. Yeah, that wasn't even we've close. We've got none. Have we got we've none? We've got none. Yeah, we've got none. Zero wow. points it this week. It was going so well. God, and and now I had so none. many close ones. Sargent should have been potentially a flop. Leclerc was a tenth and a half off pole. It definitely wasn't a safety car. Yeah, there's there's a lot that I've been robbed of here. 
to be honest with you. And if and if Leclerc got pole, then he would have been biggest good surprise possibly. So, god damn it, it's fine. We're both coming out with zero points, even though yours were absolutely washed. I feel like mine's like a better <laughs> zero somehow. A um, better zero. There we go. You Top. finished like 11th. I finished like, yeah. I got a DNF. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it says you were nothing. Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So we still stay at 5-3 then uh, as we go into the Australian Grand Prix in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Tommy, what are your final thoughts? We're, we're at the end because mm. it's, it's one of those like 6 out of 10, maybe even a 5 out of 10 Grand Prix where God. realistically, was there much else to talk about? Not really. So I will end by saying happy Mother's Day because it's the Mother's, mother's Day. And uh, why not? No, fair. Big there's shout not, out to the mum. to talk about. Shout out to the mum. Shout out to my mum who uh, I does actually watch all these podcasts. So this is a good test oh. to see if she does actually Just thank uh, watch you. them all. And, and, Same for and my has mum. made it 39 minutes in. Are so, you listening, um, mum? If yeah. you're watching this podcast and you love me, you will message me saying, saying thanks. <laughs> thanks, Matt, for the shout out in the podcast. Big shout out to Julie. Okay. So yeah, there's nothing. Uh, there's not. There's not much to talk about. So yeah, happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Okay, and my final thoughts are: we're doing a live show. Well, we are on the sixth of yeah, April, we, we sure Leicester Square Theatre, nine thirty p.m. If you want to come along and enjoy our washed opinions in the flesh, then feel free to check out the link, uh, which will be everywhere in the episode description or on social media, and it'll be amazing to see you there. So, thank you so much, and that is it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the Australian Grand Prix. We'll be doing lots more content before then. We'll be doing streams. We'll be doing YouTube videos. So get ready for that. And we've got an interesting video as well uh, coming out tomorrow about Alonso and that whole joke of a penalty. So look forward to that. See you very soon. Bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.